What's up, man versus marriage nation? It's me, the Q-Dog. And I want to tell you about this two-part series that you're jumping into. It is called Become Superman in Your Marriage. And this is part one of Love Her on Purpose. Enjoy this episode. Give me some feedback. See you on the inside. In this episode of Man versus Marriage, win in your marriage. How to be a freaking winner, dude. I love it. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man versus Marriage. The podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. This is Quincy Moran, and I'm in the studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Hi. How are you? It's time for a thoughtful session of winning in your marriage. I was going to say, are we doing silly songs with Larry? Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Oh, Larry. Um, no, this is actually the Q dog. Yeah, it those... snuck out. I'm sorry. It just snuck out. It's okay because <laughs> when I'm at work and somebody says, uh, so-and-so needs a water buffalo. Everybody needs a water buffalo. Uh-huh. <laughs> I cannot stop. It always happens. But uh, those little programs that uh, remind oh. you of things, it is hilarious. So today we're going to talk about winning in your marriage. Be a winner, dude. Be a winner, bro. And here's how it goes. This is what I call love her on purpose. And you might think, what the crap does that even mean? One of my life core values, part of my philosophy is living on purpose for a purpose. That means do things intentionally. And that's exactly what this means here. It's the power of purpose and intention. And I'm going to illustrate this for you as quickly as possible so it's a quick, fast, hard-hitting episode that you don't have to spend a lot of time listening to, but you can spend a lot of time designing how to do it. And I'm big on defining a situation, redefining it how you want it to be, and then taking action to execute that so that you can be very effective in your life. You only get one life to live, okay? And uh, that means you got to live it all the way. Live your life on purpose for a purpose. And in this case, it's loving your wife on purpose. And my theory is simply this. Give me the playbook. I want to know. Now, there was a part of me. Okay, honey. There was a time when I thought... Maybe you thought, or I did. Th- I thought as well. I know that you know that they know that we know that you know that they know. I'm going somewhere <laughs> with that. It's like you tell me you like X, Y, and Z, and then I do that. And there is some discussion between Mars and Venus that if I have to tell so and so what I like, they should already know. If I have to tell them, it doesn't mean as much, and I object to that. Here's why. If you tell me the way you like for me to rub your shoulders, 
or you tell me the way you like for me to kiss you on the back of your neck, you tell me the way you like your steak, or you tell me the way you like anything, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it as often as possible to the best of my ability so that it's pleasing, it's fulfilling, it's enjoyable, and you get more of what you want. What is your objection again? No, my objection is is simply this. Like, let's just say in a typical relationship, it's like, I don't want to have to tell my spouse what I like or how I like it. They should already know. Okay, well, that's stupid because nobody's a mind reader. But that happens in relationships. That happens in everything, but That yeah. happened in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I said, but it's stupid, and we fixed it. <laughs> it is stupid. Now, look, that doesn't mean there can't ever be any spontaneity because spontaneity does breed spice in your life. It generates spice. But if there's a certain way you like something, I want to do it that way repeatedly. Okay, so I'm just going to put this out there, and this oh, is, yeah, okay. look at your face. <laughs> this is this is going to go in one of those places that everybody's going to listen now. Um, I Just, if you're having sex and she tells you, oh my God, that's the spot, Hello, you're going back to that spot repeatedly to get the reaction. Yeah. If she's doing something for you, we'll call it a service, even though it's not because I don't know who's in the car listening. How dare you use that word? You hate it. Well, I'm not going to use the correct term because I don't know who's in the car listening. I'm just saying. Okay. Well, if you're getting a BJ and you don't tell her or make the noise or the appreciation, she's not going to want to do that again. True. So getting that affirmation, now we know what to do and we continue doing that thing. Then the next time around, we try something different. Why? Because we want to see if we can get that same reaction. And if we don't get the same reaction, okay, don't do that again. If you're not telling each other what you want or what's good or what you like. How are you supposed to know? Correct. Because in the movies, they always know. Oh, well, yeah. Someone wrote in the script she had an orgasm. Yay, you. Just because they you, wrote it doesn't mean You keep bringing it, it back to sex. I'm okay with that, but I just want to point out, you okay. are bringing it back to sex. Forgive me, but you, this is a man versus marriage. Where is your brain, I would say, 75% of the time? It's in my head 100% of the time. Which one? Well, that's debatable. Uh -huh. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's debatable. my point, though. If you want someone, if you want the men to listen and grasp exactly what's happening here. Now, here's the problem. When the women listen to this, you're guilty. <laughs> I, I'm the worst at this. Well, what do you want for your birthday? I don't know. Okay, well, what would you like? What's something that you want? I don't know. And then it leaves you hanging because you don't want to get the wrong thing. You don't want to do the wrong thing. And then you buy me a pair of shoes at Christmas time and wrap one up in one box and one up in the other box. And I don't know what to do with it because <laughs> why did you buy me shoes for Christmas? 
it was a good deal. It was a good idea. But at the time, I didn't get it because that was not anywhere on any of my lists of things that I needed or wanted or had discussed. It was just something that you decided to do because my shoes looked like they were worn out. You bought me a new pair of shoes. But it wasn't something that I was like, I wasn't mad about it. It was just kind of like, eh, why? Hey, it was a common sense buy and you needed it, them. So it was, but like, was a I, win for me. but had I said, I need new hoodies because my hoodies are pretty worn out. I would have got new hoodies for Christmas. Correct. Right? Yes. So instead of feeling weird, because why did you not just buy me a hoodie if my hoodies are all trashed? Why did you buy me shoes? My shoes are still okay. Because I don't think like you, and you don't think like me, and if we're not telling the other person, okay, now I'm really good at this. Baby, I really want this jersey. Like, I really, really want this jersey. Can we find a way to start stashing money so when season comes, I can have the jersey? Well, the fact is, is that... (laughs) I have gotten better at paying attention to some things that would be good for you for Christmas. And I also have allies. Yeah. A couple little mini-me's that are mini-you's will help me as well. When I get some ideas, then I get creative looking at, you know. Mm-hmm. I can't. I do now understand. At that time, we were very limited on money. It was a practical buy. I wrapped them individually so you'd have two things to open instead <laughs> of one. It just made sense. Now, let did me... It, did it, though? <laughs> it sure did. And it was funny, because I thought it was funny. Yeah, of course you did. Yeah, you thought it was stupid, I guess. Now I'm finding <laughs> out. But it was funny to me. So, did, uh, let me let me bring a little practicality <laughs> to... Come right, on. I'm sorry. Come on. Can you not do that? I'm telling you right now. Here's part of the playbook. Stop coughing and clearing your throat during the podcast so what if you have to sound like somebody who smoked for 80 years (laughs) anyway i'm gonna make this a little more practical while a lot of this does apply to our sex life definitely makes it better i'm just saying well yeah there i i forever live by the principle she goes first and if there's something sexually you like, I am going to do it repeatedly to the best of my ability because it it's is... It's affirmation. <laughs> it is. It is. I am words of affirmation. It's and the love language. <laughs> it is. It is. And the more and the louder those words affirm me, the better life is. Moving on. Yeah. So here is my theory and I'm going to circle this back around to giving me the playbook. Um, a makes me feel safe. Okay, I'm going to run that play. B makes me feel like a priority. Okay, I'm going to intentionally do B because it makes you feel like a priority and that matters to you. C makes me feel certain because you need certainty in your life. D makes me feel now you fill in the blank. Whatever it is, uh, whether it's safe, a priority, certain, loved, happy, excited, I want to do those things, and I want to do those things on purpose. And it's not out of a routine. It truly comes from a place of delight within my heart because making you happy, making you feel fulfilled 
being a person who loves you genuinely and on purpose is what I want to do. It's something that makes me feel happy. So this is what I'm talking about when it comes to being intentional and loving your wife on purpose and doing things that make her feel like she is a priority or that she matters. And I didn't realize this. I think it happened. I believe I did it on purpose, but I'm not sure. I just know that it's something that became. And that's when, uh, you know, I would come home. The kids would bum rush me, but I would demand that mom gets the first hug and the first kiss. And I like I. It started as a game. Okay. It started as a game because the girls used to fight over who got the first kiss and who got to take off your shoes and socks. That was that was their thing when they were little bitty. That was the game was daddy's coming home. I'm going to race to the first kiss. And you always got climbed on by three or four babies trying to get the first kiss. And um, it came out in one of our conversations with Rita that I needed to be a priority because I always felt like I was last. I was always, not necessarily with you, but just in general, I was always last. I took care of you. I took care of the kids. And then whatever was left, I, I got for myself. It was everything from food to time to doing things for myself. And you took that and just spun it. And from that point on, everything was me first. Yeah. You automatically shifted gears. Mom gets the first kiss or the first hug. Um, I get to walk you to the door and I get the kiss, first kiss before you leave um, when you go to work in the morning. The kids can do your lunch or help with whatever else, but I get the affection is my priority. I'm the priority there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's there are certain things that you you just shifted, and it, it's actually become a mindset in the house where the kids know moms are the priority. So even when we talk about your mom or my mom, and we go so, we go to do something there, and there's a hiccup or an argument of amongst people, we always step in and know mom gets priority. They've sacrificed. They've done all these things. They get what they want. Mm-hmm. And it's just our way of appreciating everything that they've done. Sure. And it's the same here. The kids have learned when, when Saya came to live here, the girls were like, you don't understand. If mom says no, dad's going to say no. If mom's not comfortable, dad's going to say no. If you want something, you need to talk to mom first. You know, you come home from work and he go to give you a hug and you shoved him off that first time. And he was like, hey, I just want a hug. He, and, was, infi- he was offended. And I felt bad, too. It, But it took a second. And once we established, no, no, my wife is first. After my wife, then come the kids. It set a standard. It, it helped me because I'm the priority. And it put me in a place where I never question that anymore. I mean, it's been years that we've been doing this, but I never question. In the beginning, I questioned a lot yeah. because we had so many, you were spread out so many places that I didn't feel like I was a priority. So you switched that whole script to make me priority over everything. And when we had that falling out with a group of friends, that's what solidified 
I'm I'm always the priority. Yes. Ride or die first. Yes. And that that clicked it. But even now, you know, having a conversation with our son and having things come up where he did something really stupid and it pissed me off. And it pissed me off to the point where um, he was going to lose everything. If it ever came up again, he was done. I wasn't paying for sports. I wasn't taking him places. It was done. And he thought, buttering dad a little bit because, you know, you were a teenager. You were a boy. And we, we have this camaraderie because of this and Quincy was real quick to squash no 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 if she's not okay with something I'm not okay with it this is this is my number one nobody takes place of number one nobody steps on number one and it is frustrating sometimes for the kids because that's where the decisions get made they'll ask me or they'll ask dad and you know what I have to talk to the other one Mm -hmm. well why can't you just make the decision that tells me right there that you already know the other person has a hang up with it yeah. So, but showing that unity and showing that you and I put each other first, mm-hmm. I think has helped them to realize that this is what a marriage is. Because right. we're four years away from all of our kids graduating high school. Yeah. And in four years, whoever's here, it's still going to be empty nest because we're not going to have all of them. Yeah. And trying to get them to realize you and me are always going to be you and me, mm-hmm. period. Whether they live here or they don't live here, this remains the same. And it's got to be the most important because when you guys go off and do your own thing, we are still going to have to live with each other and, and be friends and like each other. And I want to do that intentionally. Right. I want to enjoy having our time together. I don't want to be living in two separate rooms under the same roof and renting a house together. Yeah, and I guess for for some people, if that works, that that dynamic works for them, and it's just you know, not what we want. It's not what we want, and um, you know, and what the reason that I do that, whereas you know, if it's like if mom doesn't feel good about it, then I'm not going to feel good about it, is because I want them to understand that we both have equal say in this. And and if there are things that I think you're being, uh, you know, a little too weird about or vice versa or things that you need to, you know, release your grip or I need to release mine, we handle that. We adjudicate those, you know, worries or fears and then we make another decision. But we still come back to the kids and say, look, we're not in agreement on this. So you're going to need to give us a little bit of time to work through it. And then when we come to terms, we'll let you know what the decision is. But it's still letting them know it's okay for us not to agree on something and for us to see something differently. But it doesn't mean that we're just going to let it go and, you know, agree to disagree. That's not how this works. We find a way to make a common ground. Having my niece drive my kids in her car when she turned 18, that was not okay with me in the beginning. She'd only been driving for two months with her own license and nobody else in the car. Putting one of my babies in that car scares me because we know firsthand teenagers who have been at the wheel and other teenagers we knew got really messed up in accidents. Yeah. You know, they get loud, they play, they do their things. But we had a round conversation about it and I told my niece, you're going to have to give me some time on this. And what's funny is when it finally happened, it wasn't even a conversation. Like Quincy and I had talked about it two or three times and finally... I don't remember what it was. I texted my niece and said, okay, why don't you take the twins to go do this? 
and she was staying at the house at the time and she's like quick your mom said i could take you before she changes her mind jump in the car let's go but it took that for the kids to realize i wasn't completely shutting down i just need time to process stuff sometimes or i need time to build that trust with whoever it is that's offering something to me you know let me see you do this for a little while and if you're okay i'll let the reins go but you hadn't done it long enough for me to be okay yet yeah it's but i i think it's it's more that's part of what this is though is we we purposely talk Mm -hmm. about things we purposely make it a point to say you know what i know that this is going to tweak mom I know this is going to be a hard thing for her. So I need you guys to give me some time to talk with her about it. And we're going to need to just kind of let her process through it. Some people might think that's, you know, giving your kids ammo because they know what tweaks me. And they do. I'm not going to lie. My kids use it as ammo from time to time. They will take shots. But it's still a healthy way of showing them how to do things as an adult. You don't just throw a temper tantrum and say no. And then that's the end of it. You do have to learn these coping skills growing up. And I, I want them to see those things. Right. So that's where we're going to stop today's episode. Be sure to tune in to part two. Part two, my peoples. Get right into part two. Become Superman in your marriage. Love her on purpose. This is the Q-Dog. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose. For a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Mary, the podcast. <laughs>